Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Hello and welcome in a Thursday edition of the show. Matt Dennison with you. Glad to have you today. And uh, let's get into complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, Lots to get to. This is our final show of the week as well. We've got the funeral of Douglas Scott Wilberton, the longtime producer here at the Big X coming up on Friday in this 11 o'clock hour. So a lot of us will be there. But I do want to remind you that we'll be back on Saturday. That's for coverage of Silver Creek Baseball as the Dragons head to a one-game semi-state down at Jasper. Now, that game will not air on the Big X. It's going to air on 94.7 FM on your dial. And depending on how that first game goes at Jasper, we expect to be on the air sometime around 345 or 350 in the afternoon. So stay with us for that. As we see again this year, if we can find another Clark and Floyd County team that uh, can advance on to a state championship game. We've had quite the streak, lots of success. This has been a successful baseball year locally as well. But uh, we will see if this uh, Silver Creek team can find their way to a, uh, a semi-state championship on Saturday. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment, we'll have some headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. And then later in the hour, Tyler Tockman of Inside the Hall will be with us. Alex is on vacation this week, so Tyler will join us for a conversation on IU basketball today. Lots of off-season things to get to. We've covered recruiting very heavily so far. Obviously, we have previewed IU in the conference for next year, and Indiana continues. I'm going to tell you more about this in a minute. Indiana continues to be listed and ranked by many as the preseason favorite in the Big Ten Conference. Also coming up later in the show today, uh, here on this Thursday program, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star is scheduled to join us. He normally is with us on Friday. I wanted to bump him early this week because the Indiana-Kentucky All-Star Series is coming up on Friday night and Saturday as well between Indiana and Kentucky, that great series, that great tradition, and uh, wanted to catch up with him and, and preview that for you a bit. Last night, you had the Indiana seniors and juniors in an exhibition game up at Mount Vernon Fortville, and we'll tell you about that game. Of course, Brandon Northern is our local interest. He's the only guy from a local school named to the Indiana All-Star uh, team, the roster this this year, this offseason, and uh, he had a solid game last night. We'll tell you his, his box score, his line score here in just a few moments. So that's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. 
Let's get into our headlines for today. A summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. I should remind you the Thornton's text line is open. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Check out Thornton's for all your daily essentials, including uh, their great coffee and donuts and so many other items that you'll find at Thornton's with so many locations here in Kentuckiana. Last night, the uh, junior senior all-star exhibition was played and that's always a good precursor because here in Indiana oftentimes the junior team in recent years has been just as talented if not even more talented than the Indiana all-star team that's going to compete later this weekend uh, against Kentucky last night Indiana got a real challenge but the senior boys were able to win 90 to 75 over the junior all-stars for Indiana, they were led for the All Stars, I should say. Uh, they were led really balanced scoring. I think I counted five or six players uh, in double figures. Uh, Javon Buchanan from Lafayette, Jeff, who is really an interesting story. He wasn't even named to the All Stars initially and was added a little bit later on. He led the way with 15 points in the scrimmage last night. Ryan Conwell had 14 points. He was the second leading scorer. And Brandon Northern, he only logged 12 minutes and eight seconds. He had five points in the game, two assists, three steals, and just one turnover in the game. He also had a couple rebounds as well. Uh, Two for five from the field was Northern. So hopefully with that sort of uh, efficient output, he gets a little more tick in the Friday game down at Owensboro. But uh, a good win over a talented Indiana Junior All-Star group last night. Xavier Booker was back and in action. He missed the Indiana versus Kentucky Junior game on Sunday at Bedford, uh, but he was back last night. He played 22 minutes, and as you can probably imagine, a lot of jet lag, I'm assuming, for him. He had two points. Uh, He had three turnovers last night. He did play, again, 22 minutes, did not take that many shots, a couple three-pointers, I think five shots from the field total last night. So not the outpouring from Booker that you expect based on his national ranking and his recent success at the Pangos camp, which we have talked about this week. Uh, But he is that key name on the the juniors. Also, Miles Colvin uh, from Heritage Christian, he had 15 points. He was the leading scorer for the junior All-Star last night. I had a chance to see the junior uh, Indiana against the junior Kentucky teams on Sunday, and I'm going to tell you, Purdue really got a good player in Colvin. He's someone that led that game, dominated that game from start to finish. He had 25 or so points in the junior game on Sunday, but definitely a leader, I think, uh, for next year, along with Booker and others, uh, for the Indiana All-Stars when those guys get to be seniors. And again, the All-Star Series this week uh, continues Friday night. You've got the girls and the boys game, uh, the doubleheader down in Owensboro at the Sports Center there, and then the game returns to Indiana. It's a different location this year because the Fieldhouse, the Gainbridge Fieldhouse, under some off-season construction, but uh, it'll be at Southport Fieldhouse, which actually with the crowd Indiana gets, probably fits the all-star game really well it'll probably look like a pretty crowded venue I would imagine not sold out by any stretch of the imagination but there is something neat and something that's kind of next level about the game being played in Greenbridge Fieldhouse the Kentucky game has bounced around so much it seems to have found a home in Owensboro uh, which is a good thing and the sports center is a nice facility but to come back on Saturday uh, for both of those teams to get really to conclude their high school careers in a top-notch facility like game 
Cambridge Fieldhouse is something I thought has always been really big for the event. So hopefully after some construction and playing at Southport for a year, uh, they're able to return back to the uh, Fieldhouse next year. A couple IU notes to pass along here in this opening segment. The Big Ten Network had their Big Ten Network power rankings here in the offseason for uh, the Big Ten Conference and the men's basketball teams next year. And Indiana number one in those rankings put out by Andy Katz when they were released on his social media account yesterday. He has Michigan State number two. A lot of people have Michigan uh, and Ohio State as two, three behind Indiana. But Michigan State two, Illinois three, Michigan four, Rutgers five, Purdue six, which is a little surprising. A lot of the rankings, uh, the way early projections have Rutgers down eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there in the conference. He's got Ohio State down as low as number nine, which is a little surprising as well. But one thing that's been really consistent so far in rankings and projections on the conference next year is uh, that this uh, Indiana team is the favorite. I, I don't know that I've seen one released since the uh, NBA draft deadline that has not had Indiana projected as the number one team in the Big Ten Conference, which is really crazy to think about. Also, the uh, CBS Sports, they updated their rankings, and I am I guess I'll mention these all the way through the offseason because people are so intrigued with how high Indiana is considered. Uh, Indiana number 16 in the CBS Sports way-too-early rankings. The little paragraph with the rankings said the Hoosiers ranking is based on Indiana returning top three scores from a team that made the NCAA tournament. Among them, Trace Jackson Davis, who could be a candidate for Big Ten Player of the Year. Indiana's recruiting class is ranked fifth nationally and highlighted by five-star prospects Jalen hood Shafino, and Malik Renault. So those are the obvious reasons this Indiana team getting a lot of publicity and uh, high rankings, high marks here in the offseason. Uh, a couple other things to pass along here in segment number one today. Summer League Basketball continues tonight at three locations in southern Indiana. There'll be varsity games at New Albany tonight, New Albany High School that is, at 6.30, 7.30 and 8.30. Meade County and New Washington start varsity play today at 6.30 at New Albany. Floyd Central takes on St. X. That should be a good one at 7.30. Then New Albany returns for a matchup with a Meade County team at 8.30. Over at Hazelwood, you've got a number of varsity games. Those varsity games there start at 4.30. Paoli and Providence, which should be a good one. Clarksville and Paoli, more against Christian Academy and more from Louisville also against Clarksville later in the evening. And then over at, thir- at uh, Scribner, varsity games begin at 4.30 there as well. Silver Creek against Doss, Doss against Jennings County. Jennings County is going to be good again next year in the Hoosier Hills Conference. Ballard takes on Silver Creek, Jeffersonville, and Fern Creek. That's a battle of new coaches there. Sharon Wilkerson at Jeffersonville. Ellis Miles, former UofL player, uh, the coach at Fern Creek. Jeffersonville will take on Ballard after the Fern Creek game, and Jennings County will take on Evangel tonight. So Scribner may be the best place if you're looking for some talent and some of the better teams uh, from Louisville and Southern Indiana. At least some intriguing matchups for Summer League tonight. Admission at all those sites is $3. You get a stamp. You can go back and forth. Uh, New Albany and Hazelwood are within walking distance. There's a lot of junior varsity games mixed in. There are some freshman teams in action as well. Uh, A very busy evening as we approach the second week, closing out the second week tonight of the Kentuckyana Summer Basketball League. For that full schedule, HoosierHillsHoops.com slash KSBL. Again, HoosierHillsHoops.com slash KSBL. One other high school note 
that I wanted to mention the finalists for the Netsby Awards that we were previewing yesterday with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, have been released. And uh, those finalists are Wesley Silla Husky from Floyd Central, Brandon Northern, an Indiana All-Star from Silver Creek, and the lone underclassman, Casey Kalen of Providence, are the trio that are up for the Boys Basketball Player of the Year honor. And, of course, the, there's a category for every sport. There are some other categories as well for different accolades that will be honored during the Netsby Award program. But uh, quite a trio there of players, uh, Sella Husky and Northern, that had fantastic high school careers. And, of course, Kalen, who's a big baseball star as well for Providence. But now that the Pioneers are out of the tournament, he's uh, back to basketball full-time for the rest of the summer, he told me earlier this week at Summer League. Uh, he is the lone underclassman that will be considered for the Boys Basketball Player of the Year honor uh, during the June 21st Netsby Awards at Eastside Christian Church in Jeffersonville. Uh, very first class way to wrap up the high school sports year. And we'll have more on that Netsby program coming up when Josh Cook is with us again next week. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Tyler Tockman filling in for his Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall joins. We'll talk IU, the Big Ten Conference, recruiting, and more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday program. As we were on the air in segment number one today, Indiana basketball releasing uh, the roster numbers for next season. If you're curious, Jalen hood Shafino will wear number one. Malik Renault, number five. Banks, number 10. That's Caleb Banks and C.J. Gunn will wear 11. Also, the roster has been posted as well for next year. No real changes. It looks like Trey Galloway may be listed at six foot five. Instead of six foot four, and uh, that that those were just a couple things that uh, stood out uh, when that uh, was released just about twenty or so minutes ago. Tyler Talkman inside the hall, my guest. I want to remind you real quick that Thornton's text line is open. That number five zero two four one four. 1450. If you've got a question on IU basketball uh, for Tyler, who writes for the InsideTheHall.com website. Tyler, it's been a while. Uh, Alex is vacationing, so this is a great reason to have you with us. And my goodness, since we've talked last, a lot of the changes and a lot of real positive momentum for Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers. Yeah, I mean, I think the last time we talked was before IU went to the Bahamas, so that that seems about a decade ago now. But, yeah, a lot has happened since then. I want to ask you just kind of a, a simple question to start. I'm not sure your response, but when Mike Woodson was hired uh, last off season, obviously the Bahamas trip you referenced was a big point of uh, him getting a chance to work with this club early on. But did you ever expect when you were watching the Hoosiers play in that Bahamas trip that in year two under Mike Woodson, of course, a lot of things have happened in the conference and with Indiana, but did you ever think IU would be a preseason, pretty much unanimous prediction from what I've seen so far 
and way early look at the Big Ten for next season. Did you ever think he would have the team there and that things would fall their way where Indiana would get that sort of off-season love? No, you know, I think that it's happened pretty quickly how how Mike Woodson has been able uh, to kind of get the program at least uh, having a considerable amount of hype going into the season. We'll see how that ends up panning out. But, you know, when I look to kind of the momentum that, that he's built in the program, um, I think the Big Ten tournament was just huge for for how the program is perceived uh, kind of moving into next se- in, into this upcoming season and that, um, you know, if IU loses to Michigan in the Big Ten tournament, um, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. And I think a lot of questions are being asked about, um, you know, Mike Woodson and what his coaching philosophies and, you know, the decisions that he's making. And I think that those uh, three games where Indiana goes two and one in the Big Ten tournament just kind of totally changed the perception um, of, of what Mike Woodson was building at IU. And I feel like, you know, even though there's the early exit um, against St. Mary's uh, after Indiana beat Wyoming in that first four game, that um, it, it felt like that momentum from the Big Ten tournament had kind of carried on and, and that there was kind of a renewed optimism after stuff kind of looked like it was falling off the rails toward the, toward the end of the season. Tyler Talkman, InsideTheHall.com, my guest filling in today for Alex Bozich. Uh, Tyler, I saw Andy Katz, Big Ten Network, their projections of the conference for next year at this point of the offseason, and there really shouldn't be many changes now because rosters are set barring some sort of late addition for a team in the conference or some sort of late departure for some reason. Um, Indiana, again, kind of unanimously from what I have seen, has been number one in the conference, and we were having this same conversation with Dustin Dopirak yesterday. You know, there's a lot of varying once you get beneath Indiana as far as who's two, who's eight, who's seven. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of different projections there. But uh, what are your, what, what's your take on IU and this team that's going to be led by Trace Jackson Davis returning as the number one offseason projection, the number one team in the Big Ten Conference? Yeah, I mean, it seems like this season um, as a whole, the Big Ten isn't going to be uh, – as good as it has been the last couple of seasons, just looking at the rosters right now. Um, but, you know, I think that Indiana is a, is a fairly safe pick at number one uh, preseason. But, you know, I wouldn't bet on them finishing number one. To me, the, the really big question is just who's going to shoot. Um, you know, is, is Tamar Bates going to be able to take uh, a considerable step from his freshman season where there were a lot of ups and downs? He did have some flashes to, uh, you know, give reason that he could have a breakout season um, this year. But, you know, uh, who else is going to step in and be able to make shots? Is Trey Galloway going to be serviceable enough from three where, uh, you know, defenders are going to have to be honest and, and the lane isn't going to get clogged up? So, uh, you know, and I also look at, at the Big Ten as a whole is, you know, who's going to be the Wisconsin of this season? Last, last season, Wisconsin, no one really thought that they were going to be in the middle or even top of the uh, top of the Big Ten, and, and you know they ended up obviously being one of the best teams in the league. So you know who who could be this year's Wisconsin? And I think that there's a lot of different teams where there's just kind of some unknown and, and a lot of different wild cards, which um, I think 
kind of makes predicting, um, you know, who's going to mesh well and, and who's not. And, and I think just kind of in the transfer portal era as well, um, the fact that IU has had a lot of continuity from last season, they, they didn't add anyone from the transfer portal. They just get the, um, the four freshmen uh, coming in in the 2022 class. But that continuity and being able to have played together for a period of time, I think, is something that will really benefit them. Talking with Tyler Talkman, IU basketball looking ahead to next season. We know Trace Jackson Davis is going to be the anchor for this team. Uh, you would think Race Thompson, some of the other returning players that we know uh, what we think their role will be like, will, will be key pieces as well. But is there someone uh, that you think maybe that last year was not a key piece or an anchor or whatever phrase you want to use that will step into that greater role that you feel confident in stating that today? I think the two biggest wild cards, in my opinion, are Tamar Bates and Jordan Geronimo because I think those two guys arguably have the most potential um, or among the guys that have the most potential on the roster long term, um, just given their their physical gifts and um, you know the flashes that they've shown. And I think if those two are able to produce on a consistent basis, I think it can be huge. And I know there had been some chatter about, you know, can Jordan Geronimo play the three? Um, you know, if he's able to, I think that, that that would be great. But my question is, can he defend the three? In, or can he defend as a three? And can he shoot the three consistently enough? Because if if you try to put him at the three, um, and and he's not gonna draw defenders out to guard him at the three point line. You're looking at a kind of a situation that Indiana had a few years ago, where they had two big men plus Justin Smith in there, and that's where you had all the issues with the lane getting clogged. And and now this kind of just goes back to the question of three point shooting, which uh, is one of the reasons I think Tamar Bates, you know, is a huge wild card and a guy that if he makes a step up, it's a great sign for Indiana. So you know, I'd say right now, you know. Uh, Jordan Geronimo, Tamar Bates, those are the two guys I look at, well, if they can make significant jumps from last season and be a guy that can be relied upon on a, on a consistent basis that Indiana is definitely going to be trending in the right direction. Tyler Talkman inside the hall. He's filling in here on this Thursday program for Alex Bozich, who is out this week. Tyler, you touched on shooting, and Tamar Bates could be a wild card possibly to help that area. Uh, I've asked this of our other IU experts, as we call them, that join this show. We have one a day to talk IU basketball and related subjects. What is the biggest concern about this team being able to uh, uphold these preseason projections? Is it shooting? Is there another piece or two of this team that uh, you're concerned about based on last year and the needs this roster has? Yeah, besides shooting, I'm interested to just kind of see this dynamic of there being high expectations. How, how does IU handle that? Because pretty much everyone um, on IU's roster hasn't dealt with these pre preseason expectations. You, you look at, you know, or at least as a team, maybe individually they have, but not this high uh, expectations as a team. You know, you look at guys like Xavier Johnson, Miller Cop, Xavier Johnson coming from Pitt uh, two seasons ago, and Miller Cop coming from Northwestern two seasons ago. Those are those are programs that haven't had a ton of success in, in recent history. And then 
of you know everyone on Indiana. Uh, expectations haven't been this high since they've been there. So I'm interested to see kind of how that that outward perception, um, you know, how how that's handled internally. Um, if that's something that they're going to embrace in terms of you know they're going to have a target on their back, and that's something they maybe haven't had as much um, over the past few seasons. But is that something they're going to embrace, or is that something they're just going to try to play off as? you know, block out and, and play as 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 if they were, uh, you know, projected toward the middle or bottom of the Big Ten. So um, just seeing how they kind of battle the perception and, and these expectations, I think will kind of be an interesting storyline as well. Tyler, you, you've been at IU. You've covered the basketball team now for a number of seasons. You've got a lot of contacts and sources. I always ask this question uh, in the off season because fans want to know. We see the the videos and the photos, especially from Cliff Marshall this time of year, where the guys are doing a lot of strength and conditioning work, athletic performance work, weights, sand pit, running, uh, all sorts of different creative ways to challenge these guys and their bodies for next season. But w- what about playing? Are are there the the summer open gyms? Are these guys going against each other? Uh, in the evenings at Assembly Hall or Cook Hall, uh, and how often do they do that? I'm curious, on the court, when when do these guys get a chance to battle for position and maybe for bragging rights in the offseason against each other? Do you have any insight on what the offseason workouts and open gyms and things like that look like? Uh, I don't think I have any specifically. Uh, I do remember, I think, uh, Mike Woodson saying, that he when when he was hired as head coach that he wanted to one of the big things he wanted to do was kind of bring together this IU family um, connecting the generations. So um, I know last season they had Isaiah Thomas at Hoosier Hysteria, um, and so you know I'm wondering you know who else might come back. Uh, you know I, I don't know anybody for certain, but obviously Jordan Holmes is coming back now on staff, but. Um, if they're, if, you know, if Mike Woodson might bring some guys in uh, the summer to play, I, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have any uh, specific insight on that. Got it. Ten four. Tyler Talkman is our guest talking IU basketball. Tyler, when I was looking you up today, uh, I, I found an interesting article that you wrote, I think it was in December of 2021, about Xavier Booker of Indianapolis Cathedral. And since that time, he has exploded onto the national scene and had a big uh, few days just just earlier this week at the Pangos All-American Camp out uh, in Las Vegas. And uh, you kind of gave some background about him that, and I I think I read the piece at the time, I just did not remember, but uh, a very interesting guy from an interesting family and you had a chance to kind of uh, write about some of that at InsideTheHall.com. Can you take us back to that December profile on Booker and who he is and his family? Yeah, he's, I mean, he, he his stock has risen a lot. Um, you know, recently I think he just got an offer from Duke, but, uh, you know, he's a guy that I think, you know, is, is obviously on Indiana's radar and um, someone that, that the coaching staff would definitely like to get. But, um you know, I, a lot of schools are coming in at this point, and um, you know, I mean, obviously, it's just a very skilled guy. So, um, you know, I think, how, however, the recruitment ends up, or whether he ends at Indi- ends up at Indiana or not, you know, he, uh, you know, he's poised to potentially have a, a really good collegiate and uh, professional career. 
And I think that doesn't he didn't your piece say he comes from a, a military family? Is that the case? Oh, were you talking about Xavier Johnson? Oh, you know what? I pro- I bet I saw that when I was looking at your your I was looking at your Twitter account for some things that you had written about recently, and I I guess I'm so Xavier Booker heavy right now with all the news out there. <laughs> that was an Xavier Johnson profile piece. You're correct, but uh, I'm yeah, sorry about yeah. that. Sorry for the confusion, but nonetheless, Booker is is quite the name right now in recruiting, and uh, I did notice he played for the, the junior All Stars last night in their scrimmage against the seniors, and uh, it didn't have a lot of points, but after after the week he had at the Pangos event, you could probably imagine he's traveled and and probably a little tired. But boy, his name has really surfaced at the national level, and it's going to be interesting. I think really the first big in-state battle for Mike Woodson: can he keep a national level guy in state? There's going to be so much competition. You mentioned Duke, and uh, that's just one of uh, a handful of new suitors that are getting involved in offering scholarships. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know, kind of the the summer circuit starting to heat back up. I you know other guys I look at in the 2023 class, Cohen Carr, someone um, who, who has a lot of athleticism, really athletic. Um, you know, if you just look up some of his uh, highlight tapes, obviously everyone, you know, is going to have their best plays on there, but his, his athleticism is really impressive. Um, you know, Jamie Kaiser Jr. Uh, in the 2023 class just put Indiana in his, in his top seven. So, um, you know, I think as the summer kind of goes on, just just as it usually does, you see guys start to come out with lists and and just continue continue that recruitment process. Tyler, one other topic I wanted to bring up with you today is Indiana's schedule for next season. We have learned about some of the big matchups. There's a few other things to be confirmed and to find out opponents and, and other details. And uh, saw earlier in the week a multiple-team event uh, that Indiana's going to host involving some mid-major-type Division One programs. But what, what's your take? Now that we know the roster for next season and we know the type of projections this team is getting, what's your take on the schedule for this year? This schedule fits this type of team, the Kansas game, the Arizona game in Vegas, that I'm not sure is 100% confirmed, but we all think it's going to happen. And then some of the other games that we ACC, Big Ten Challenge, the Gavit games, we just don't know the matchups yet. Uh, do you think this schedule fits a team uh, that's getting some of the accolades IU is? Yeah, I think I think this is a great year for Mike Woodson to take a, a step up in the scheduling because last year that was a huge uh, criticism of, of just playing too many cupcakes in the non-conference and uh, how does that affect IU as they go into into Big Ten play? Is that going to hurt them, or um, you know, given that they won't have as much experience playing against really good teams? But yeah, I mean, this season there's going to be a lot of headline matchups. You mentioned the game at, at Kansas, and that's the defending national champions. And and I know uh, Trace and uh, Armando Baycott from UNC were lobbying to have a UNC-IU uh, matchup in the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge. And so if, if that were, were to happen, IU would play uh, the two teams that were in the national championship game last year. So, um, the, you know, those match the Big Ten ACC matchups haven't come out uh, yet, but you figure that um, IU is going to play a, a pretty big name there. Um, so you add add that as well. And then you also mentioned the, the reported matchup against Arizona, who, who – um, you know, a, another big name program. So, you know, you're looking at year two um, that IU, this is going to most definitely be a, a difficult non-conference schedule. And, you know, it, it might be the case of, 
Uh, you get beat up a little bit in the non-conference, but it pays them down the road in the Big Ten. Um, you know, maybe maybe they get through the non-conference, uh, you know, winning a bunch of games, and they can continue to build on that momentum. You know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But um, you know, when you're looking at trying to get a program that was once kind of near the top of the college basketball sphere and in, in winning on a consistent basis, trying to get them back to that level, like Mike Woodson wants. Um, you know, it starts with playing those, you know, those top tier games. You can't win them if you don't play them. So I, I think, um, you know, if you're kind of tracking the the direction of the program and where where it, where fans want it to go, playing those matchups are, are really key in that. All right, Tyler Talkman of InsideTheHall.com filling in for Alex Bozich today. Tyler, you do a terrific job. You're writing and when you join us from time to time on the program. I promise I won't wait as long, uh, for basically a year, to have you back. I uh, really appreciate your writing and coverage of IU, and we'll talk again soon. All right, thanks. All right, Tyler Talkman inside the hall with us here on this Thursday program. We'll head to a commercial break, our final segment of the week is coming up next. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join. A reminder, Friday, no show will be out for the funeral of our longtime producer and friend, Douglas Scott Wolverton, who passed last Thursday. And we all miss him so very much here at the Big X. It's been a really strange week, but glad you're hanging in with us. And we've got Kyle Nedenrip next on the Indiana-Kentucky All-Star Series after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back here on this Thursday program, I want to tell you real quick about a new partner here at the Big X, Shady Rays Sunglasses. Are you tired of buying expensive sunglasses only to lose or break them or worse? You never even wear them because you don't want them to get dirty. Let me tell you about Shady Rays, an independent American-owned company that started right across the river in Kentucky. Exclusively for listeners of our show and station, Shady Rays is offering a 25% off discount so you can try them out and see what they're all about. When you check out at ShadyRays.com, use the keyword, code word, that is, Big X, one word, B-I-G-X, for 25% off all adult shades. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star, my guest today, having him on Thursday because of no show on Friday. We got to talk about the Indiana-Kentucky All-Star Series. Kyle, the junior game was on Sunday, and last night was the Indiana Juniors against the Indiana All-Star team that's going to take on Kentucky this week. Uh, the seniors winning that game 97-5 up at uh, Mount Vernon-Fortville last night. So the seniors, it looks like, geared up for a two-game series this weekend against their rivals from the Bluegrass State. Yeah, I'm going to be thinking this is Friday the rest of the day now, Matt, since we're talking on – so I'm so used to talking on Friday for years. But, yeah, it was a uh, – it was I thought it was a really good game yesterday. The final score – uh, probably not indicative of how the game was played. You know, the juniors led 11 nothing, and, you know, it was really close 
pretty much throughout until about the last uh, maybe five minutes of the game and the seniors pulled away. But, you know, I came away with, uh, you know, definitely watching the junior. I wasn't able to go Sunday because we had our sports awards banquet. So I was definitely curious to see how the juniors looked. And, you know, to me, uh, Miles Colvin was maybe the, the, the biggest uh, standout uh, for the junior team. And, you know, Xavier Booker was coming off the Pangos camp and, you know, arrived really early in the morning on Thursday, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday uh, from his flight out there. He's definitely a little leg heavy and, and uh, understandably so after playing a lot out there. And he's MVP of that camp, so obviously played really well. But uh, I thought Colvin played really well. I thought Mason Jones from uh, Valparaiso uh, showed really well. And when they had their their starters in the game, I thought uh, you know the juniors had every bit of a uh, you know talent you know that the uh, seniors had. But you know the seniors were playing unfortunately counter a Siegen from uh, Central Noble uh, hurt his. Uh, I thought it was his knee at first. It was actually his ankle. He stepped on a defender's foot as he got fouled on a three pointer. So. You know he's going to be. I, I can't, you know, believe he'll probably play this weekend. So you're down another guy now, uh, and hopefully he's okay. I know he's going to get looked at this morning. I haven't heard, you know, what the prognosis is, but you know he's supposed to arrive on campus Monday at Wisconsin. So hopefully he's okay. But you know, I thought the, you know, with nine players, you know, the seniors played really well. A lot of the guys you expected, you know, like Pete Suter, you know, kind of filled his role. He's kind of a, you know, do everything type of guy. He's a rebounder and scorer and. Uh, not a big score, but, you know, rebounder and defender and all those things. And he played his role really well last night. And I thought uh, Tayshawn Comer and, and um, uh, who am I not thinking of? Jackson Edwards from Cathedral. Uh, man, he had 19 rebounds, you know, six foot six uh, going to Murray State. And he, and he had a great uh, performance. And they really need him to play more of an inside role this weekend, too, against a bigger Kentucky team. And then uh, Javen Buchanan, again, you know, was really outstanding, uh, uh, I thought, in, in spurts. I think he ended up leading him with 15 points, but, you know, everything he does for that team, uh, and a guy I don't think many people probably even know much about him. You know, he said the Indiana Wesleyan only played one year of varsity basketball in Indiana. He was in, in Kansas. He transferred from Jeff to uh, Wichita, Kansas school, then came back to Jeff as a senior. So, uh, you know, he really played well, I thought, too. So, you know, overall, I think, you know, pretty good performance. Um, the question will be mostly on the interior. And, I, you know, it's a team that it's a team that's very guard heavy. Uh, now you lose another shooter with uh, a siege and being out. But he also didn't have C.J. Gunn last night. So he can kind of step into a similar role that a siege plays. I think, and uh, you probably won't miss too much of a beat there, and they'll be that'll that'll bring them back to ten players. Uh, Gun had graduation last night, so he couldn't be there, but you know, getting him back will be uh, key uh, for that team. Kyle Nedenrip, Indianapolis Star, talking Indiana All Stars ahead of their two game series with Kentucky that begins on Friday. You know, it's hard to know about Kentucky. You look at the roster, you look at the colleges they're committed to. And it's just really hard for me, at least, to get a read about what this game Friday and, and really Saturday could look like. Any uh, any inside info on the uh, the stars from the bluegrass that Indiana's going to play this uh, this weekend? You know, just through the grapevine, you know, talking to Mike Broden and, and uh, Chad Johnston, the coach, they know that, uh, you know, there is some size on that Kentucky team. I think that's, that's maybe the – the number one question of the whole weekend is, is how do you match up with their, cause I know they, they run a couple of guys who are, you know, taller than six, nine. So, you know, that's going to be somewhat of a problem, you know, plus the all-stars are without 
uh, Tay Davis, who would have been, you know, he would have filled that role playing the five. Now you move basically Suter's playing a four or five, Jackson Edwards playing a four or five. You know, it's somewhat positionless, but you, you have to have guys who will play uh, on the interior, obviously. So those are basically, you you kind of have five guards out there. And even bringing Gunn back, even though he's, you know, a little bit taller, he's not a, you know, he's not an interior player either. So, you know, I think that's, and again, I don't know necessarily much about those much about those players, but, you know, it'll be, uh, you know, it, I think it'll be a, a challenge for them to be able to uh, hold in there against Kentucky size. I think that's probably the biggest question everybody has going into this weekend. Kyle, I also want to bring up Brandon Northern of Silver Creek. Last night I noticed he got 12 minutes and something as far as playing time. He was fairly efficient, though. He had some assists and I think three steals, also five points. Uh, a little bit about how he played last night and what you see his role on the team this weekend against Kentucky. I assume he'll be a sub coming off the bench and assume for him to get some time, but he may not be in that first or second rotation. Yeah, he'll, he's kind of the, you know, probably the ninth or 10th guy, I would say. And he was in there, though, during a key run that they had uh, late in the game. And I want to say, I don't have the stats in front of me, Matt. I'm pretty sure he hit a three-pointer uh, there that was somewhat late in the game or a longer jump shot anyway. So, you know, he provides, you know, a good offensive player. You know, he sets people up. You know, I thought he defended well, uh, stayed in front of his guy. And the juniors have some, you know, that Marcus Burton from Penn, super quick. Uh, Colvin, obviously, super quick and, and long. Uh, so they were, you know, they were stressed a little bit by that junior team. When the junior had their starting five in, it was tough. But, you know, I thought Northern, you know, during key stretches of the second half uh, was was a big part of what uh, – the success that, uh, you know, the, the seniors were able to have. So everyone, the thing about this, you know, you look at the uh, roster and, you know, the, the, everyone's going to have a chance because, you know, there's only going to be 10 players maximum, uh, assuming a season's out, which I assume he will be for the weekend. So, you know, all 10 guys are going to have a, probably play at least, you know, 10, 12 minutes. So, you know, I would assume that Brandon's going to have a, a key role and he, he looked like an all-star out there when he was playing last night. Talking to Kyle Nedrip, Indianapolis star. Kyle normally with us on Friday, but uh, joining us Thursday since we have no Friday show. Uh, Indiana's Mr. Basketball unavailable for the weekend as well. I love the All-Star Series. I love the tradition between the two states. I'm one of the guys that hopes it lasts forever and ever. But when the season gets hurt and then when you have guys that miss, whether it's injuries like it is for Mr. Basketball or whether it's other issues, college commitments, whatever it may be, keeping players away, it really, really takes away from the, the series. And so, again, injuries are one thing, but missing for other reasons. I think we could all debate or talk about that some other time. Uh, so so who will Indiana kind of recap things? Who will they be without uh, that initially was voted to the team and, and should be an all-star this uh, this weekend? Well, yeah, Jalen Washington, he was kind of added to the team. He missed the entire season, and he's basically getting ready for North Carolina now. So they knew that he was kind of the 14th guy, and, and he's – He's will be an all star, you know, when the when it's all said and done. But they knew he wasn't going to be able to play uh, this weekend. And then uh, Asijan, I assume, you know, probably a pretty safe assumption he won't be playing. He's, he said he had a similar ankle sprain during the season uh, for Central Noble, so he's got you know dealing with that again. And then uh, CJ Gunn will come back. You know, he missed last night for graduation. Braden Smith, the Mister Basketball for this year from Westfield. Uh, he's on the shelf. He's he's close to being able to return, and and 
if there's ever a kid who wants to play, it's him. You know, he's he's in full uniform and and uh, you know going through warmups, and he's about a month away from being fully cleared, but he's unable to go. Um, you know, he wants to play. I wouldn't even allow him to put a uniform on because he might check himself into the game. He's just that he's that type of a of a kid. And then uh, who am I missing? There's there's one more uh, Matt that I'm you know, as I go down. The, I don't have it right in front of me now, but. Uh, Shoot, there's one more who's not uh, playing, but they'll be down to ten uh, for this weekend. So you know that's it's not a perfect number, but I think sometimes maybe it's easier for a coach to uh, play with ten than it is with uh, thirteen. Absolutely, and Southport Fieldhouse Kyle will host the Indiana side of the game because of some renovations at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Uh, I love Southport; it's uh, right up there with Seymour. It's one of my favorite gyms in the state. But even though the crowd doesn't always warrant Gainbridge Fieldhouse, I do like that it's been there because it just keeps the game, I think, at, at a high level than all the other All Star games that are out there. And I hope they're able to return to the Fieldhouse. I think that's the plan after this year. But Southport will get a chance to host it this year, and I think for a one-year deal that'll be pretty neat yeah absolutely and i talked to mike broughton i think they're still kind of deciding they're supposed to meet with the people at Gamebridge again and uh you know after they get all these renovations done you know what's going to be the the situation they kind of like it at southport it's a little bit more intimate for a game like this than than Gamebridge is where it's so big uh but i think ideally they'll they'll move back i think that i think that's probably leaning that direction but you know we'll see i'm not sure what the what the future holds necessarily. I think either way could be a good situation. The other one, Matt, I was not, not uh, Tay Davis. I already mentioned him earlier. Uh, I just thought of he's, he's the other one who's not, he had to go to Seton hall uh, about two weeks ago and uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't able to be part of it. So he's the other one that's out for this week. All right. Great stuff. You can follow Kyle all weekend long for coverage of the all-stars. Kyle, have a great all-star weekend and, don't forget, Kyle, it's Thursday, not Friday, all right? I don't want you driving down to Owensboro tonight for the game because of a radio interview that's got you all out of whack, all right? Yeah, text me every hour, so just keep reminding me. Gotcha. <laughs> Kyle Deadrip, Indianapolis star, he's always with us. Normally on Fridays, Kyle, have a great weekend. You too, Matt. Thanks. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Thursday program. A couple reminders, if you missed a live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And uh, no show Friday. We'll be off uh, in honor of the funeral of Douglas Scott Wolverton, our longtime producer. Have a great weekend. Saturday, semi-state baseball on 94.7 down in Jasper. This is The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.